0: You're listening to the already canceled podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. We have some bad hombres here and we're going to get them out. Slap some bacon on a biscuit. and Let's go.
1: Let's put a
0: smile on that
1: face. These allegations are false.
0: What's your profanity. Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? What is up, influencers, and welcome to the Already Canceled Podcast. Where
1: we rant about social issues from our Christian perspective. And look deep
0: at life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. My name is John. And my name is Nathan.
1: And welcome back to another episode. This week, we're talking about a huge topic. We're talking about the plague of social media.
0: Yeah, this this topic here is probably all-encompassing. You've probably heard bits and pieces in our previous episodes and, and comments. Um, but it has really taken the conservative World by storm
1: in many ways, but it is also used in our everyday lives. It influences us, no matter you know what you think, what you do. It influences your life, even if you're not on social media. Um, it's still playing a part in that. And but, we call it a plague.
0: And and why is that, John?
1: We call it a plague because there's there's a lot of problems with it, and it's really impacted our society um, extremely, extremely so over the past ten years. Um, but it's it's just it's been
0: bad. And we're gonna focus on um, mostly the negative of social media today. There are positives, of There are course. positives,
1: of course, and we'll we'll uh, dive into that a little bit more um, in the future as well. But there's definitely some
0: issues with it and and we're gonna really delve into those and really take a look. Um, deep dive, if you will, because these are continuing to inflict upon our society problems and what are those problems
1: well before we before we dive into the problems nathan i do hear that you have an update on a piece of news that we discussed last week about cancel culture so
0: we talked about different things that were canceled and thank you for reminding me john um and one of them was uh rsbn which is known as right side broadcasting network was canceled off of um youtube Uh, they have been reinstated to my knowledge of course we we live in a day-to-day world now but
1: oh, oh wait and they're gone again. <laughs> no,
0: no, but they they are uh, back up now. I don't know about their monetization or things like that, but they are up. So, well,
1: that's good to hear. Um, it's always good to hear that uh, legitimate news sources are back in business. Uh, along those lines, I think we mentioned a little bit on Australia last week and them being banned from Facebook. Uh, Facebook has since backed down on some of that, but um, it's crazy. Well,
0: it's 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 a social media company strong-arming governments around the world. And it is it is cause for concern. And even some of the liberal countries in the world are looking into it, um, as we discussed in that.
1: Well, I would say, Nathan, that sounds like a problem to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: diving into our problems with social media, uh, we've laid out five I'm sure there are more. If you have others, um, reach out to us. Let us know. We can discuss those.
0: And you could even break apart this five in our discussion and add more bullet points because we're going to really dive into some of these.
1: But yeah, we've kind of lumped them into five different ones. So the first problem that we see with social media is the way that people are now always connected. And that's not necessarily connected to each other being a bad thing, but the way that we're always connected to social media and to our phones.
0: Well, and it's come at a time when the your your workplace, your friends, your family always requires you to be on. You're you're always always responding. You're in. If you wait too long, oh, why didn't they respond? Did they not get my text? You know, it makes it look bad, and you feel bad if you haven't responded to a text that's that's been sitting there for a while um, or work email. And it it has created the world of instant messaging, um, and and that was kind of started through email.
1: Yeah, the ba- and, we had you know we started with AOL Instant Messenger, uh, the good old days. You know, but, but that
0: that was the instant message of the time, and now it's come into the realm of WhatsApp and Instagram and Messenger, Facebook, DMs. You know. There's
1: there's all sorts of ways that we are connected like that, um, but I don't think it's just like the way that um, there's this social pressure to. You know, always be responding. Um, I think it also comes with the amount of time that social media sucks out of our lives. What these companies are doing is they're actually competing for our attention.
0: Yeah. And how often do you pick up your phone? Let's use Instagram as the example. uh, Click on Instagram, or you could say Facebook, start scrolling on it, then set it down, and then two minutes later, do the exact same thing.
1: And somehow there's all new content. There's all new content, but also you're not actively doing it you're not even thinking about doing it it's just a habit it's mindless it's, well, it's an addiction it's it's an addiction and it's brain numbing
0: yeah and and it's really um these companies have have decided that your time is very valuable to them
1: yeah so they they don't just want your attention because they want your attention they want your attention because they're trying to sell you stuff yeah. they're trying to advertise to you every time you scroll through the feed and you see an ad, which there's a lot of them. Let's be honest; there's a lot of ads out there. Every time you see that, they're making a little bit of money,
0: and they they are they probably know more about you than you th- know about yourself to some degree. Um, probably can tell your moods and how you're, you know, how long you spend on a certain post. They've got that down to a science. They do. And
1: um, before we move on, we do really just want to plug again. We've plugged this in the past, but if you have not watched it already. Go check out The Social Dilemma on Netflix. It is a must-watch.
0: And, and surprisingly, um, very they do their best to try to be unbiased. I mean, there's there's bits and pieces you can pick from it, but it is pretty decent as far as a, a doc, live documentary goes.
1: It's it, it showcases really the underlying problem with social media. So to break the movie down, it has a side-by-side of a bunch of um, former big tech employees former current big tech employees, people that have worked at Google, Facebook, YouTube.
0: And a lot of them are CEOs or people who are in a level of authority.
1: Yes. And they're breaking down the issues and the problems that they see with it. And then there's also a a sideline story um, going on, kind of showcasing those problems as they're talking about it. It is a must watch. I cannot emphasize that enough. If you don't have Netflix, find somebody that does have, I'm sure you know someone that has Netflix, borrow their account, borrow their password um, if they'll let you <laughs> go sign up for a free trial. I think there's a free seven day trial. Yeah. This is a must watch if you well, even think it, about social it media. It
0: really takes what we're gonna discuss um and, and breaks it down into a into more detail and it gives you the better and fuller picture from people who can speak on authority on the issues because they themselves created the issues to some degree. Yeah. Um but unknowingly created a monster. And now they see how that monster is being implemented. It's
1: it's the opening of Pandora's box. Yeah.
0: And it, it sh- some of the things they talked about were what social media does to an individual. And, and that's primarily why we say it's a plague, why we say it's a problem. And in particular, um, there were some people there who worked with Instagram, uh, Pinterest, um, Facebook, and even Twitter to some degree. And they talk about what the design elements are for Facebook and all these media giants? Um, what what is it that they market?
1: They're marketing us.
0: Yeah. If if we aren't paying for it, uh, John has a quote yeah, yeah. here.
1: The, it's a it's a kind of generalized quote, but it says, "If you're not paying for the product, you are the product." And yeah. so all these all these apps, everything that is free, you don't have to pay any money for Twitter, for Facebook, for Instagram. YouTube how do you think they make their money they don't just exist server space costs a lot yeah doing all this costs a lot if if you're not paying for the product then you are the product they are collecting your data and even as recently as uh, the end of last year Instagram came out and basically acknowledged that in their terms and services they said yeah we're going to collect your data so we already knew that
0: they just hadn't fully clarified they're, it. they're
1: they're making it very plain now, and so they're collecting your data you're they're selling it to advertisers to get targeted at ads um, that's why you'll see stuff that you've thought about buying, and then suddenly it pops up
0: or somehow ads will pop up that you have talked about but never looked up on any device and oh imagine it's that.
1: it's definitely creepy, and yeah. so not saying the, they
0: listen to you, but it sure feels that way sometimes
1: I wouldn't doubt that they do. Um, That being said, though, uh, we are the product. They are selling us. They are selling our data. And if that doesn't disturb you, then you need to take a step back and think about why it doesn't.
0: Well, and many, many people will use the argument of, well, I already know they have everything. So what does it matter? And to some degree, I understand where they're coming from. There is some truth to say you can't alienate yourself completely from society and say oh well they don't need anything what we're going to kind of give a solution here at the end is how do we how do we utilize what we have at our disposal aka our mental will our brain power to overcome and or change the narrative on social media back in the 2000s when it was first implemented it, it was a big deal um it it has uh divided us it has put us into groups originally when facebook first came out i was I was pretty young as far as like a big time thing yeah um i you know a lot of it was good news, happy news, but there were trolls out there and you you knew they were out there but it cyberbullying was be- was kind of being brought up, but it wasn't what it is today,
1: and so the way that you know it works now um I think the the, the other problem that we're hinting on here with social media is the division that it causes. Um, And a lot of that is algorithm driven. While the companies on the, you know, facing outwards will say, oh, you know, we want to promote unity and peace. That's not how their algorithms work. Their algorithms work by feeding you content that they know you will like, whether it's good for you or bad for you. And so they have pushed us into these groups and further divided us by feeding us content political, non-political, that ostracizes us from other people. They They are grouping us into these groups.
0: And they know what political affiliation you align with. They know how you think on certain things, what your likes, your dislikes are, based on that little heart on Instagram or that like button on Facebook or what you spend the most time
1: on in reading a post. It doesn't even have to be on social media. A lot of these, Facebook is a big proponent of this Google as well they have trackers placed on thousands of other websites. So when you visit that other website, they know that you've been there. And that's why you'll suddenly see an ad for a website you've just visited on Facebook. It's because, now this is, it's a great design feature for advertisers because suddenly they know you've seen their website, they're going to advertise to you, but they know everything that you do online.
0: Yeah, they, they see everything you look at. And one example I would give is if you download, and there's many different ones, I'm not saying you should, but if you feel like it, DuckDuckGo uh, on the mobile version, if you type in a website at the top, you can see what trackers it's blocking. And it's unreal. It, it shows you Facebook, Google, I mean, companies you never even heard of.
1: That are trying to track your movements and your data.
0: And they're not trying to just track you, they're trying to sell you. They're trying to sell you to those who buy ads. And not that this is necessarily a bad thing, okay, in and of itself, but it what it has created is a tool that can be utilized to do a lot of damage. But we tend to neglect as a society
1: the damage it does to us. Indeed, yeah, we do. Um, one of the next problems that we want to discuss here is the mental health issues um, from social media, and so the, you know, there's the typical idea of, um, you know, teenagers being isolated. All they do is they're on their phones all the time. Um, and while that is true, and has caused an increase in um, depression rates, anxiety, suicide, um, these rates have skyrocketed over the past um, five to ten years since really social media and cell phones have become um, a daily part of our lives. Um, you. You walk into a school now, you'll see second graders with cell phones. It's insane. That was unheard of, you know, when we were in school.
0: Yeah. When, when I was a kid, you know, I got a flip phone when I was in high school, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, most people had a smartphone, but it was not everyone. Now, it is just about everybody.
1: And even if you keep your child from social media and from having a phone because, you know, the damage that it does, they will still be ostracized because they're the only kid in their class without one. And so, even then... By protecting them, you're still doing some harm to them. And now you can make the argument that that's better for them than the social media, and I would probably agree. It's still a lose-lose situation.
0: Well, and it it is. these tools are based to manipulate you, you know, to gain more traction to gain more viewership. They're all competing against each other. Google is competing against Facebook to some degree. Facebook, you know, is competing against Twitter. So they're all wanting you to come back to their specific site. So they're all competing for your attention. And it's it's their goal to manipulate you because they have their own agenda. Now that agenda is a little hidden and we'll get to that in our next se- section here, but what that does though is because they're always competing for your attention, as John was mentioning, the mental health issues, I mean, there's been massive drops in driver's licenses that these kids will have. Um it's become a digital pacifier. You must have it. You can't live without it.
1: Yeah, how how often do we you know, we say, Oh, I, I forgot my phone at home. I feel naked without it. Yeah. <laughs> what?
0: Yeah. I mean and and no longer is it oh I'm calling people, it's now I'm I'm I gotta you know go on Facebook or YouTube and see what they're up to, or not necessarily YouTube, but Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and what are they up to? Uh, you know, Did they brush their teeth this morning? I mean, I'm being silly, but that's to the degree of the addiction, though. And it, it comes down to that some people use this as a way to feel good about themselves or better about themselves. They miss the true meaning of where their worth comes from, and that, that means that, It's a brittle popularity, a fake popularity based on the value of their, how many likes they have or hearts they have or, you know. We base our our
1: self-worth on these fake internet points.
0: And so you do see a dramatic increase of when social media was introduced in attempted suicide rates for young teens, especially, um, especially the the girls. Um, But I would even argue that the guys, it affects as well. And you see that graph in that documentary that, that we were uh, discussing earlier. Um, so what I'm, what we're trying to get to here is it really can be damaging if you aren't setting controls in place. If you aren't saying, I'm only going to spend X number of hours on, and I wouldn't say hours, but, you know, on social media.
1: If you, if you, you know, are on social media and you don't think it's a problem for you, go on there. Um, I know Instagram has this. I'm sure Facebook does as well, but just, and it, and if they don't, uh, your phone will probably tell you in um, some setting somewhere, check and see how much time you've spent on those apps. Cause I'm sure you will be surprised at the amount of time that you've wasted. I'll say wasted on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. I'm guilty of it too. So I'm not just like preaching to you guys. Um, I'm preaching to the choir here. Like it is something that I've been guilty of as well. Um, So just take, take a look at that, be cognizant, be self-aware, um, of how you're using your time because that's the only resource that I wouldn't say the only, but that's the the most valuable resource that you can never get back. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It, 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 we, it's finite. We only get a certain amount. Um, so, so we,
1: so we've talked about how we're always connected. The problem that that brings Who
0: the product is in these social media... We
1: are the product being sold. We've talked about the division that this causes. We've talked about the mental health issues caused by social media. So let's talk now about how the government has failed to protect us from this. To protect us from ourselves, even.
0: Well, and it really boils down to, and probably everyone who's listening to this has either heard of, been familiar with, or maybe seen an article headline saying, Section 230.
1: Okay, Nathan, I, I've heard of 230, um, and not, not just the time, but wh- what is Section 230? So it's
0: part of the Communications Decency Act, uh, 1996 law, and itself a part of the Telecommunications Act of the same year. So it's, it's two, several acts combined uh, that were passed in 1996. It regulated um, online pornography in particular, but it, it regulated internet usage, um, and internet companies, and who's liable, and answered some of the basic questions for, for y- y- internet interface, right? It helped create the internet what it is today. Now, many people would argue we should repeal two, Section 230, and some argue, the big tech companies, we should keep Section 230. Well, let me describe what this law does. Um, In short form, it provides legal immunity from liability for internet services and users for content posted on the internet. So, for example, if I sign up for a blog website, okay, and we, or even a podcast like we have, we upload that podcast. We are a user uploading it onto a platform. That platform is not liable for the content that we have put up. In and of itself, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, it's not a bad thing. The problem is when the tech companies decide to censor, restrict, or remove content due to not unlawful behavior, because that's different.
1: They they have the right and they have um, the responsibility to remove illegal content like child pornography. Yeah, or human
0: trafficking or... Threats of violence. Yeah, and that's that's okay. That, fine. That, is,
1: that is legal and lawful and they have the responsibility... To remove
0: right, and that's and the gov- and they report that to the government uh, proper authorities.
1: But and the problem comes down when they start censoring content that they just don't like.
0: Well, and it, it, the regulation even states: no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider. Now, long story short, the keyword out of that is publisher. It says. Um, no provider of an interactive commun- computer service meaning an facebook
1: app, a website
0: right shall be treated as the publisher so in essence it's saying they're not again liable for what you post create however you want to word it the problem and this is where it gets into the nitty-gritty details is when they start
1: acting like a publisher so, let's break that down a little bit. So, Facebook is not liable for James posting something about, oh, you know, um, MAGA. Right. Trump, Trump's awesome. Right. Or I went to the president. store and bought jeans. You know? Yeah. They, Facebook is not responsible for any of that content. But as a publisher, a publisher's job, you would see this at a newspaper, at a magazine, a publisher will go through and choose which articles, what what to publish in their newspaper in their magazine that will say we like this article let's keep this we don't like this one we're not going to publish this
0: well and you get now into the idea of self-regulation these tech companies have come out and said well there's so much controversy about our sites and what they do and how they influence elections and such that they themselves have come out and say well we will self-regulate well that's kind of a joke because if you think about it it would be like a chemical company who's dumping toxic waste into a stream saying they're going to self-regulate. Well, it's like what, a, what's that mean? You're not going to dump it in the stream. You're going to dump it in a pond. Now, I mean, it,
1: it's like a child saying that they will self-regulate how many cookies they eat. We know that that doesn't work. We know that a child is going to stuff themselves silly, and then be sick later. And just like that, these big tech companies, these social media companies, they're self-regulating, but in doing so, they're just doing that to keep the government from stepping in. And they're saying, "Oh, we've got this under control. We're going to take care of this ourselves." and they're giving themselves the regulations that they want as opposed to the regulations that they need and that are good for the rest of society.
0: Now, the problem is every political entity you look at, whether you know right-leaning, left-leaning, centrist, are going to have their own version of what the right regulations are. And unfortunately, there's really a lot of disagreement on that. But the problem- if we look at this self-regulation aspect, it's it's unfortunate because none of the companies are really working together on what their regulation is, but it sure seems like they're working together to regulate certain content. And that's where we get into the issue of free speech.
1: Indeed, uh, free speech, um, we've seen a lot of censorship of that recently. And I think one of the the big components of that, we see these big tech companies working together not only to get rid of free speech to, but to squelch competition. Well,
0: and it's almost like a cabal. They're all getting together and have the same idea of who and what content they're going to censor, but yet, oh well not we're not working together.
1: We saw this with Parlor specifically, is it wasn't just about censoring or um you know, removing violent content. It was about removing competition. They saw that Parler posed a threat to them.
0: It was one of the fastest growing social media apps on the market.
1: So Apple and Google both removed the app and then Amazon removed them from their web service entirely, which that's an entirely different issue of antitrust. But we see them working together to not only censor what... Parler was, we can, we can all agree, was a right-leaning platform. Yeah,
0: they say they were for free speech, and I'm sure you could get on there and say what you believe.
1: But most of the people on Parler were right-leaning. Right. And so this was big tech trying to censor the voice that they have removed from their platforms, and now trying to remove any competition and competitive platforms that are giving a voice to that speech.
0: Now, now wait a minute. You're saying they they censored their voice, right? They they canceled them. Yes. Okay. So so, but how come they have independent fact checkers? These these uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram have hired quote unquote independent fact checkers and they seem to be doing a good job at regulating what content is true and what content may contain false information
1: oh yeah yeah sure sure they're do- they're doing a great job nathan
0: yeah they're hiring totally unbiased not <laughs> groups that if you really look at where the funding is coming from for them not only are they being paid by facebook so obviously you're going to try to work with the company you're being paid by okay duh but also their funding as organizations comes from places that really reek of agendas. A little bit like George Soros? Maybe, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Or a foundation or two that has money from sources like that. And it really boils down to this whole idea of censoring what should be considered under Section 230, if it's not illegal, user content. And that's where you get into the idea of, well, are they now technically classified as a publisher? So it said the publisher of the website, it didn't say the publisher of the content in Section 230. The publisher of the content is the user, you and me. But all of a sudden, Facebook and all these other companies, Twitter, Instagram, are starting to find out that they have the power, without repercussions from the government, to take down, censor, um... Or, or prohibit or inhibit certain posts from being seen because they have quote unquote fact checked them. Well, technically it's not their content. So, so why do they think
1: they can do that? Fact checking sounds like something a publisher would do.
0: Yeah. Publishers can put whatever they want in their newspaper and choose or or website or whatever and choose what they put in it. The Washington Post is owned by Jeff Bezos and, and Amazon. So thus, the content they push out is content approved by him in the long run. Yeah. Um, Now, there may be some slight exceptions to that, but
1: typically that's the case. The Washington Post isn't going to run a scathing article on Jeff Bezos and Amazon and how it's ruining small businesses. No. We know that's not going to happen.
0: Right. So that's a different story because, oh, they're a publisher. They can choose what ads they put on. They can choose what content they put on. Well, even though those ads and or content might be written by employees of the company, so, right, or or an ad agency. But when you or I post something, if we post anything that says coronavirus in the name or title, there will be a little banner underneath that says, you know, the CDC. For, more for more information about the yeah.
1: coronavirus, uh, COVID nineteen, visit cdc.org or gov, yeah. or, gov or whatever, whatever garbage. Who cares?
0: Yeah, and that's that's what I'm trying to say is they're they're trying to throttle. That's the word I'm looking for. There we go. Free speech, because they believe they are self regulating content and making sure that there's no false information, aka fake news, in their mind, brought up.
1: Now, the other problem that I think we run into with all of this with social media um, and really one of the the larger issues that we have as a society as a whole is not knowing what the truth is. And so we have a we have a quote here from Tristan Harris. Uh, you can find this quote in The Social Dilemma, which, again, we will plug um, because it is very good and a worthwhile watch. But Tristan Harris, uh, if you haven't heard the name, which I wouldn't expect you to have heard it um, before this uh He was formerly a Google employee. He worked on their ethics board, I believe, um, fairly high up in the company. Uh, But now, since he left there, he has created uh, the Center for Humane Technology. Um, And he says this. He says, if we don't agree on what is true, that there is such a thing as truth, we're toast. If we can't agree on what is true, then we can't navigate out of any of our problems.
0: And that really boils down to the definition of his truth black and white, is there such a thing as truth? And and we know as Christians, and this is where we tie in what, what John and I strongly believe, that there is a black and white. There is a right and wrong. There is truth. Now, in the worldly sense of what goes on around us, is it always as clear as it appears? Not necessarily. But there's still a right and wrong.
1: There's still a right and wrong. And what we see through all of this, is, you know, the battle of good and evil against sin.
0: And, and we, we see that as a secular society, unfortunately, we, we are that. Yeah. Um, we are a former society with morals and a secular society. Um, and we see some of those hints of the morals that still kind of exist. But um, we have decided that, well, each everyone's truth is different because it, the truth is what you think it is. Instead of it being what the truth is, yeah, and I, I could get all fired up on this, but what I'm trying to basically point out is, these companies have decided they are the they are the ultimate source for what's true, and, and that's just not the case.
1: That that is the problem that we face as a society. Is these companies think they're the source of truth? Our government thinks it's the source of truth. Um, they think that they can fix all the wrongs, all the evils, all the problems of the world. Well,
0: that they won't say anything that is untrue, and when they do, they don't admit it. They just move right on like it doesn't exist.
1: Now we we've painted this the problem of social media. We've painted social media in a pretty pretty negative light, um, and I don't think that's entirely how we feel. Totally
0: no, and it's not it's not a hundred percent fair either. You know, you could use the example of someone who. Is raising money for a very expensive sh- uh, surgery, and they use all their Facebook friends, and and like they, they share it. There's
1: a lot of good that has come about from social media. Yeah, there's um, a lot
0: of connections that have been made worldwide that are just really incredible.
1: Yeah, and you know, if we're honest, if we take a look at this, the origins of social social media were not evil. They no. did not start out or intend to, you know, become these giant monopolies to rule the world. While we can't know the intentions of someone like Jeff Bezos, he might have actually thought that. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, though, and say that Jeff Bezos was not evil, is not pure evil. Um, he might be a robot, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, the origins of social media were not evil, but we as humans have this unique ability due to our sin nature to be able to twist and turn anything that is good and turn it into something that is evil.
0: Well, and it's not about the technology being the threat. It's about the technology's ability to bring out the worst in society because the society is bringing out the bad. We have taken it upon ourselves. It's okay to attack another person if you're under the guise of, you know, social media. It's okay to get in an argument, you know. And unfortunately, we, we've delved into a space and created this monster now, the media companies are, are further promoting that monster because they know that it makes them money. Yeah. Um, but
1: we are the ones consuming it. So we are to blame to some degree. We we are somewhat to blame because we have enabled these companies. We have We have given up our privacy, our rights, our freedoms for the sake of convenience. We have said, it doesn't matter. I have nothing to hide. I what does it matter if they have all of my data? We have given up those freedoms, those liberties, um all of that for the sake of convenience, for oh, entertainment. We have allowed these companies to get so big that now they can almost not be stopped.
0: And it's really really sad because we're seeing a a dramatic shift in how
1: society operates.
0: You know, we we mentioned before the The idea of that there's less people dating, there's less social interactions.
1: There's a lot more technology at use. Well, it has been good. We've seen, you know, over the past year, technology has been great for schooling. When children couldn't get back in the classroom because of COVID-19, I think we've pushed it a little too far. That's a totally different topic. They need to be back in schools now. But there's been a lot of good from technology, but there's also been a lot of bad.
0: Well, and you're, you're also looking at... You know, how it has basically created a society of young people in particular, um, because we're speaking as young Christian men Mm -hmm. to this, where social interaction is almost non existent. There are no, back in the olden days, if you will, there were dance halls, there were things young people would go do on the weekends, and you would meet, many people met their future spouses at those events, um, made friends. Now, if you take a look, it's hard to find any social activities other than potentially drinking, going to a bar and, a, and a you know, what used to be going to a baseball game or, a, you know, a professional sports game. Yeah. It has been severely limited. And so it's becoming a a epidemic of our society.
1: Uh, a plague, you might yeah. say?
0: It, it, right. And when we say social media plague, it is becoming... That, but we are allowing it to. So our encouragement to the user of social media, as I am one myself. I'm,
1: yeah, I am one as well. We, we're we both users of social media. We both um, have enjoyed social media. We've both overindulged in social media, we'll to be honest.
0: Too, oh, actually, exactly. I couldn't agree more, <laughs> unfortunately. We need to learn to pull back. We need to learn to to value friendships, value family value what's around you value the home you live in the every the day to day john and i would not have the friendship we have if we glued ourselves to our screens all the time and didn't have good conversations do things together you know goof around but that's what brings the memories what will our
1: generation have if all they've done is be on their phones and so, yeah, like Nathan said, we want to encourage you to some some good healthy habits. Uh, we've discussed how sin is the root of all of this. Um, so I think prayer around all of this is a good thing. If you don't realize that social media is a problem in your life, maybe it isn't. There are some people that we know that aren't on social media and that's incredible and great for them. But if, if you've if you, you know, you notice that sins pro- or social media, I should say, and sin is a problem in your life, uh, you should definitely pray about that. I think the next step, I think you need to be critically self-aware of your weaknesses. You know, know what your weaknesses are. Realize if you haven't yet, go watch The Social Dilemma it will help w- open your eyes. I can't say it enough. It will help you realize, okay, I spend too much time on Facebook. I spend too much time on Instagram or YouTube. Maybe you need to delete those for a while. Or,
0: or maybe you need to get an app that regulates the time that you spend on them. You, you set some, if someone else set the password for it, so you don't just unlock it. And it, you don't necessarily have to delete them, but you've throttled yourself. Th-
1: throttle yourself, yeah. Uh, so you have to recognize the problem. You have to address that problem. Some other tips that we heard um, from the social dilemma from these experts that have created these systems turn off your notifications. The notifications are the ticket to getting you and keeping your attention and pulling you back into those apps, turn off your notifications. You don't really need them. Who cares? Whoever so-and-so has uploaded a new video on YouTube. It doesn't really matter. So-and-so has posted something to their store on Instagram. You'll either find it when you hop on the app or not, but it's not going to matter.
0: And we say these things as encouragement and a way forward. And in our next podcast, we're going to have some guests that are going to discuss how they've overcome the issues they've had and, and really delve into some topics with them um, to see some unique perspectives on what the plague of social media is to them. Is it a plague? Is it... How do they use it?
1: Has it been good for them? There's yeah. There's a lot of different stories and takes on social media. So like Nathan said, we're going to... Ha- you know, have some different some different viewpoints in our, our next episode. Kind of looking at social media from a couple different perspectives than um, necessarily what we've discussed today. Um, but like we said, go watch the social dilemma. I won't. Uh, that's it. That's the last you'll hear of it from me in this episode. <laughs> but we do want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on social media. <laughs> the irony of that. Uh, follow us on social media anyway. Even after, before deleting your accounts? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not exactly. sure how that's going <laughs> to It feels a little weird promoting our social media on this, but we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're a little more active on Instagram. Twitter's kind of just a good place for us to check out the news, see what's going on. Um, both of those are already canceled podcasts. You can email us at already canceled media at protonmail.com. Leave us your questions, your reviews, your thoughts. We do
0: read our fan mail.
1: We do read our fan mail, even if it is from the Middle East and requires translation, Um, But all that being said, thank you guys for listening and tune in next time
0: to the already canceled podcast.
1: Fellas, you have got what appears to be a dynamite sound. I can't believe you've done this.
0: Thank you for your patronage.
1: I'll be back.
0: Oh, that's hot. Not a single thing he said is accurate.
1: Bye.